How many understand the significance of what's going on in the nation of Israel? This may be a little hot, Dave. I don't know. Uh, I had a message prepared for our service before Thanksgiving. But I don't think the Lord's going to let me preach it. And that scares me. Because a lot of times I don't know where we're going or where we're going to end up. But I'll just follow Him and we'll be alright. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you have to step out uh, being blinded and follow the light and the light will lead you home. I'm hearing a lot about what's going on over in the Middle East. Folks, it's an exciting time to be alive as a Christian. You don't understand where I'm coming from. You may understand by the time this service is over, folks, we're getting close to getting out of here. I'm telling you what. Listen, I've got two men in my Sunday school class that's over 80 years old, and they both saying this morning they believe they're missing the grave. Men with wisdom. What do you mean, preacher? I believe Jesus is coming back. When's it going to be? Uh, listen, don't be silly. We don't know. Oh, but you can look at that over there as... Uh, for the first time ever, the Palestinians are, are launching rockets into the city of Jerusalem. Iranians is behind it. Russians are in the background. It's all in the Word of God. And they say... I've heard it all weekend. I've heard people saying, Oh, the, the signs of the times are here. The signs of the times are here. Let me be honest with you just for a moment this morning to how I honestly feel about it. I know the signs are there. The signs have been there. But I'm no longer looking for a sign. I'm listening for a sound. (laughs) What do you mean, preacher? I'm waiting for the horn to blow. As our good friend would tell us, one little toot and we're out of here. Amen? Let me just kind of share just a little bit with you about biblical prophecy this morning. And let's see where it goes. I'm just wanting to follow the Lord. And But Psalm 122 says these words. Psalm 122 and verse number 6. The Bible says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. <laughs> they shall... Prosper that love thee. 
For anyone that thinks that uh, uh, the, the, the Jewish race is still not God's chosen people, I'm here to tell you they've been misled. Uh, they're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, the Bible made a covenant with His people. Even though those people broke that covenant, God will not break His word. It's all coming to an end. (laughs) We're closer now than we've ever been. There's only one thing left uh, in the prophetic signs uh, of the gospel. And we've already seen the the, the great increase of knowledge. With a computer, you can just about do anything. Somebody overseas has got everybody in South Carolina social security number. We can send a missile thousands of miles through the air and put it on a quarter in a cornfield. A rice field. We can't figure out how to keep people from illegally voting, but we can do that. Knowledge is at its utmost high. These high school kids that are in here this morning, they got these math problems with all these numbers and little squigglies and they're running this way, that way, and that way. I couldn't tell you where to start. But they know. They can figure out the equation. I can't do it. I can't do it. When I graduated, I don't even think there was a thing called calculus. I'm getting old, y'all. The ones that saying, Preacher, you ain't that old. You're as old as I am. That's why you're saying that. <laughs> Tell them, brother, I'm old compared to you. Right. Amen. We've seen the increase of knowledge. Uh, we've seen the Jews uh, moving from the entire world back into Jerusalem, back into Israel. We've seen the wars. We've seen the rumors of wars. We've seen the earthquakes. We've seen the storms. Uh, we know that all of this is a part of biblical prophecy. We've already seen a great falling away. The Bible says in the last days there'll be a great falling away. People will become apostate. They throw their hands up in the eyes of God and reject Him. We're living in that day. The very next thing to happen in biblical prophecy is the rapture of the church. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 along about verse 13 through 18. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ, at the sound of the trump of God, is going to descend down from heaven with a shout of the voice of the archangel. And my friend, when that, uh, th- that trumpet is blown and that shout is given, He's going to descend from heaven on a cloud. He's not going to touch the earth. The Bible says those that are in the grave, that are in the Lord, are going to be resurrected. Can you imagine 
Standing over your grandma's grave. Standing over your grandpa's grave. Standing over your wife's grave as you visit with her. And all of a sudden, uh, the earth starts to shake. Uh, the ground begins to move. Uh, the tombstones begin to roll out of the way. Uh, uh, there's a shout that comes out of the eastern sky with a voice of the trump of God. Uh, and my friend, the graves empty up all of a sudden. I'm telling you, we're living in a good day. We're living in a good day. It's going to be an exciting time. Can you see the news reporters on the television coming over? Look, we don't know exactly what's going on, but there are graves robbed everywhere. That's because the great grave robber of heaven's done come to claim his children. That's because the Lord of glory done come. There's cars unmanned. There's airplanes unmanned. There's planes running into buildings. You think there was chaos on 9-11. My friend, I'm here to tell you, it'll be chaos down here. But those that remain shall be caught up with them in the air. That means those that are in the grave, that have already taken off through the clouds... We that are saved and by the blood of Jesus, the only way to be saved, we're going to be caught up with them in the middle of the air and go into glory together. My friend, that right there is some exciting news this morning. Uh, people don't preach it no more. I don't know what God gave this, gave this this morning, but I can tell you this. It's coming. It's coming soon. And you better be ready. Be ready to meet Him in the air. You've got the rapture of the church. That's going to be taking place. What's going to happen next? You've got the judgment seat of Christ. What is the judgment seat of Christ? You can read in Romans, uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 14, along by verse 10, and 2 Corinthians 5. That's where the believers, you that are saved, the believers will be judged. What do you mean, preacher? I'm saved. What do you mean i got to stand before God? You've got to stand before God and give account. Even if you're saved. So don't think that because you're saved you're going to miss judgment. There's going to be two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ is for the Christian. We'll get to the great white throne judgment here in just a little while. It's later on. What are we going to be judged by? Your motives? Your conduct, that'll be judged. Decisions that you, everything that you've done, it's going to be flashed before you. Everything. Now listen, you're under the blood. You're going to heaven, but you still got to give account. Still got to give account according to the Word of God. Still have to get a give account for our motives, for our conduct. But my friend, when it's all said and done, at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be some crowns given out. The crowns are going to be given out. The crowns of righteousness. All types of crowns that are mentioned in the Bible. Three or four different kinds. My friend, that's when they will be awarded to you and I that stand at the judgment seat of the Lord. What's going to happen then? What's going to take place after the judgment? Right after the rapture. Right after the judgment seat of Christ. Now remember, after the rapture takes place, 
Seven years of tribulation down here. We'll be being judged up there. The first three and a half years, wouldn't you know, there's going to be an individual that pop his head up out of Europe. And he's going to have the answers to everything. He's going to automatically sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel because there's so much fighting over there. I believe they've already started. A seven-year treaty. He's going to have a one-world economic system. He's going to bring the world out of an economic depression. To hear everybody say it, we're already there. Worldwide economy suffering in every nation. But as all that goes on down here, that second part of the seven year tribulation, that last three and a half years, total chaos. He breaks the treaties. And he begins running rampant as the Bible teaches us in the book of Revelation. That last three and a half years is spoke of as the great tribulation. And as we're completing up the judgment seat of Christ, as there in the great tribulation, we'll be sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't know what all that's going to be about, but it's going to take place right before the millennial reign of Christ. Stay with me. You can read about that marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation chapter number 19. You can read about it and you can just imagine. I just can't help but to think it'll be a time that I can roll over there, go over there to where Paul and Silas are as they are going to be sitting around the marriage supper and say, Paul and Silas, it's exactly what song was you singing to make that jailhouse rock and roll. Amen. I got to know. Hallelujah. I mean, I, I just got to know. I just got to sit down with uh, some saints of old. Uh, I got to sit down with old Jeremiah and ask him what kept him going on uh, after he was beaten and after he was stoned. Pretty much an Old Testament Paul. I bet him and Paul be sitting right next to one another. Oh, Paul, you think I had it rough, son. Let me tell you my story. <laughs> and Jeremiah said, hey, listen, I'm telling you, you think you got it rough. You had it rough. And I'm sure all of them say we've done it in the plan of God through the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My, my folks, the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to take place right there before the millennial reign. That great tribulation will be taking place down here on earth. You can read about it in Revelation chapter 9 and down through about verse number 19. The purpose of that great tribulation, of course, for the people that are left behind is to judge the world for their rejection of Jesus Christ. Now listen, we know lost people do sinful things. We know lost people do ungodly things. But let me explain this to you. They're not being judged by... The things that they've done ungodly at this point in time. 
During the tribulation period, those people that are left are being judged because of their rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, you'll be judged if you don't accept Him. What's the one thing? I've had people tell me this, ask me this all the time. Preacher, what's the one thing that'll keep me out of heaven? What's the one thing that'll keep me from going to that celestial city? The one thing, my friend, that'll keep you out of heaven is the only thing that's going to keep you out. And that's the rejection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You turn away from Him, you're lost forever. What's the only thing to get get me into heaven? It's accepting Him. The opposite. Accepting Him. You can't work your way there. You can't pay your way there. You can't go in on somebody else's merit. You have to go on your own. Judge the world for the rejection of Christ. But it's also going to prepare Israel for the coming of the Messiah. Bringing to them humility. The Bible speaks of those 144,000 that are going to be here. Speaks of uh, every nation and tongue. There will be people saved during the great tribulation. Revelation tells us there will be some of every kindred and tongue during the tribulation to be saved. It's going to be awful difficult. Awful difficult. Most of them are going to be the Jews. That will finally see the light and God will remove the blinders off their eyes. And they'll know that Jesus Christ is the true King and Messiah. You see, they were, they've been looking for the Messiah. They're still looking for the Messiah. But they were looking for someone with a crown on his head, a robe around him, and set up in a palace somewhere. They wasn't looking for the one that came as a babe in a manger in Bethlehem. They didn't think that that was their king, and they still don't. But guess what? He was. That little manger in Bethlehem was the first real king-size bed. Amen? The true king-size bed. They was looking for a man with a crown of jewels on his head and not a crown of thorns on his head. At the close of the great tribulation... Jesus is going to return with the bride. Okay? Follow me. Jesus is going to return with His bride. You can read about that in Zechariah 14. The second phase of His coming, He'll be setting His feet on the earth this time. The first time, He didn't set His feet on earth. He was just hovering over us, calling everybody up. But this time, He's going to set His feet, according to the Bible, on the Mount of Olives. Claiming the earth as His own. Living water is going to begin to flow through Jerusalem. The deserts over there will begin to blossom. According to the Word of God. Something like they've never seen before. Then you got the golden years fixing to set in. Now you do understand when Jesus comes back and, 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 and takes care of this mess, 
at the Battle of Armageddon, you know we're coming back with him, don't you? I hope you're not afraid of heights. <laughs> Won't be then, will we, brother? I'm scared of heights now, but bless God, then I'll have, an imperfect, I'll have a perfect body. Amen. Perfected body. Everything else will be perfect too, so I won't have no fear of the heights. Amen. Them golden years, that millennial reign is going to begin. And the Bible tells us that the devil will be chained and bound. A thousand year reign, you'll see nothing but peace. You'll see nothing but perfect freedom. You'll see nothing of no kind of oppression. The lamb will lay down with the lion. Can you imagine that? A land where the lamb and the lion is going to play together. My goodness, folks, it's coming. But at the end of that thousand year millennial reign, uh, very following the millennial reign, if you will, uh, there's going to be a loose, a loosing of some sort take place. And that loosing is of the devil himself. The Bible says that he'll be loosed for a season. In other words, he's going to be loose to wreak havoc one more time during the millennial reign. Why? I don't have a clue. It's in the plan of God. But I'm sure it still has to do with some of the Jewish race. My goodness. Folks, you ought to know all this stuff. It's coming. It's coming. David, you ever heard this kind of stuff before, brother? Amen. I know you've heard it. Over at the school. Following that millennial reign, Satan's going to be loose for a season. He's going to be wreaking havoc. But praise be unto God, the Bible tells us he'll be bound once again and thrown into the lake of fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, we suffer through some difficult times a lot of times. And we fight the devil tooth and nail. And you know, when Lucifer was cast out of glory, he was cast down to the earth, uh, a third of the entire amount of angels was also cast out with him. One third. And them's the ones that gives us problems. But just remember, if they throwed out one third, we still got two thirds for us. In other words, we've got two for every one of the enemy to go to battle with. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm here to tell you, church, uh, this thing is boiling down. Listen, it's coming to an end. Surely as we're looking at it (laughs) through our own eyes, Satan loose for a season, then bound and thrown into the lake of fire. But then there is going to be another resurrection. What's that going to be? That's going to be the resurrection of the lost. 
Oh, you mean the lost? All of a sudden, are they going to get up out of the ground? Yeah, because guess what? They hadn't been judged yet. Bad day for them. The Bible calls that the great white throne judgment. Ain't that right, Brother Hannah? Where the dead lost that are drawn up before God and have to stand before God and be judged. And this is where they're pleading their case. Where it speaks over in the book of Matthew. They begin to plead their case. But Lord, I preached in your name. I I cast out devils in your name. Then he looks at them and says, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. What does that mean to us today? It tells me there's a lot of good people that's going to die and go to hell. There is a a lot of good people. I believe there's probably people on church rolls or throughout the world that believe they're going to heaven, but they've never had an experience with Jesus Christ. Matt Henderson, our church's attorney, he was closing a loan for some friends of mine that I know. Closing alone, they were buying a house a few years ago. And uh, the real estate agent was in there, Brother Harold, and she was Catholic. And before Brother Matt Henderson does anything, him being an attorney, he prays. He prays. He'll grab you by the hand and pray. And uh, before he prayed, he said, first of all, let me just ask you all a question. Is everybody in here saved? Is everybody going to heaven? i got to know that before we proceed with this. And uh, the lady that was there, the uh, real estate agent, she looked at Matt and said, Yes, sir, Mr. Henderson, I'm all right with God. I'm a Catholic. Matt Henderson looked at her and says, Well, dear, I'll be praying you because if you're a Catholic, you're going to hell because you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. I'm praying for you. Mm. It got quiet in there, they told me. It got quiet in there. Listen, if you're going to go to heaven today, it's not going to be by counting rosary beads. You're not going into no place called purgatory. You're not going to be having to accept Mary as your Savior, the mother of Jesus. You've got to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, Him and Him alone, and the blood that was shed for you and for me. It's the only way to heaven. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. I can't save you. Harold can't save you. My wife can't save you. Brother Damon can't save you. There's only one way to get to heaven and avoid the great tribulation. And that's to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Asking for forgiveness in your heart. All sin comes short of the glory of God. There's nobody holier than thou. That resurrection of the dead is going to take place. That great white throne judgment is going to take place. Angels of fire will usher them into the portals of hell. Then that's where you pick up in Revelation 21. 
the new Jerusalem, the new heavens, the new earth, eternity begins. My friend, there's a lot left to take place. But the very next step has got to be right around the corner. The Bible has fulfilled itself up to the point of the rapture. And I just give you something real, uh, just a synopsis, if you will, of what's going to take place from the rapture to the beginning of eternity. That's it. That's what will take place. When that seven years is over, my friend, shortly thereafter, eternity is going to begin. Where are you going to spend eternity? Have you ever asked that question? Where are you going to spend eternity? You see, you want to be with the crowd that's raptured up. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I hate tight places. How many of you have ever been in an MRI before? You been in an MRI machine? I wonder how it'd be like being in a coffin. Some of you had problems with the MRI. A preacher will be dead. I know that. But your soul's going to be living. You think that MRI is something? What about them people that's burning in hell today? A place where the fire is never quenched. A place where the worm dieth not. I'm talking about a terrible place of nothing but torment. It's coming to an end. Old preacher, I've heard that all my life. You hadn't lived all your life. You hadn't lived it yet. They thought Noah was stupid too when he built the boat. (laughs) They thought that Noah was crazy because he built the boat. Noah told him, said, hey, listen, you better get, this is the only safety you've got to get in the ark. They looked at Noah and said, Noah, water has never fallen from the sky. At this time, rain had never fallen from the sky. You read about it in the book of Genesis. The crops was watered from the dew that came up from the ground. And they'd say, Noah, you're crazy. Noah kept building. Can you imagine how them folks felt when the rain began to fall from the sky and Noah shut the door? The door was sealed and nobody could get in except for the ones that were in there was Noah and his family and them animals. Can you imagine floating by the ark? Noah, throw me out a lifeline! Listen, when the destruction's already come, it's too late to throw you out a lifeline. I don't even believe Noah packed any rope. Why would he? Wasn't part of God's plan. But you know what? You've got a lifeline right now. You've got a... Oh, but you may say, Oh, preacher, I've got plenty of time. Listen, you don't know that you've got plenty of time. 
I've preached people's funerals from individuals that have been well above 90 years of age to those that has been as young as just a few days. Infants, toddlers, teenagers, adults, young adults, older adults, senior citizens. I'll stand over them all. Walk through the cemetery, you'll see the names You'll see the date on the left of when they were born. You'll see a date on the right is when they passed away. And all of that at this point is irrelevant. Because what matters is what happened with that dash that's in between those dates. What did they do with Jesus during that time? You don't know. God may come today. Are you ready for the ride? He may come tomorrow and for some death may come your way. Death may come your way. Who knows? You pull off on 85 around here. You pull off on Interstate 85 you may go into eternity before you get back home. The decision is yours. I know it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I've got a message here outlined in my Bible. In everything, give thanks. Five point sermon. Three points under each main point. That's 15 points. I'd have had you here all day. But that's how much we got to be thankful for today. We can be thankful that God's given us the opportunity to be in the house of God today to where we can pray, get things right with Him, and be thankful for what He's given us. Matthew chapter 6. Let me read this to you right quick. If you got your Bible, turn over there. Matthew chapter number 6. I'm winding down, I promise you. I get excited when we talk about Jesus. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31. Let's start at verse 30. Matthew chapter 6. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is... And tomorrow is cast into the oven. Shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Therefore take no thought. In other words, don't worry about it. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I looked at that scripture this morning as I was reading my Bible, and that's really my life scripture. That's my favorite scripture in the Bible. And I've seen something there, Damon, that I've never seen before. We can quote Matthew 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What other things? The Bible says that He knows we need food. He knows we need water. And He knows we need clothing. He didn't promise you nothing else in that Scripture. If you've got a home today with a roof over your head, that's an extra blessing from God. If you've got a vehicle to take you to and fro, that's an extra blessing from God. If you've got a good spouse, that's an extra blessing from God. If you've got a good family that's saved in church on their way to heaven, you've got a blessing from God. Look at the blessing that God has blessed us with here. He didn't have to bless us with all that. Now, I know he's, He said we've got a home in heaven. Amen. Let, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, also believe in me. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again, receive you unto myself, that there where I am you may be also. John chapter 14. He's promised the ones that are saved heaven. He's promised us water. He's promised us food. He's promised us clothing. Aren't you glad that's not all He gives us? Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. I want you to stand. Sister Lisa, get that song again, if you would. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. It is Thanksgiving time. My favorite time of the year. Why? I finally get to eat something. Good. Since my wife went to work, I started cooking. Now look at me. Perishing away. But listen to me. I'm going to cut a jig. Amen. Where will you spend eternity? First and foremost, where will you spend eternity? If you're within the sound of my voice this morning and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to be saved. Today, don't wait. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's today. Don't wait. If you're here and you are saved, let me say this. we got so much to thank Him for. What a better time than to thank Him than on this Sunday morning worship going into the Thanksgiving season. Father, we love You. Thank You for Jesus. Lord, for all Your many blessings You've bestowed upon us. Lord, I pray that You would bless each and every one that will gather around this altar. Lord, if there's one here lost, I pray that You'd save them. Show them the way. Lord, I pray that we as Christians will be ever so grateful and thankful for what You've done for us. And Lord, we'll surely love you, give you glory, honor, and praise for what you do. In Jesus' name, we do humbly ask and pray. Amen. And amen. I delivered the mail. It's up to you to open it and read it. Oh, listen. They say we have nothing.
Oh, but they're so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing. How I wish that I could sing. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me. to sleep there's food on my table and shoes on my feet you gave me your love Lord and a fine family thank you Lord for your blessing Bless beyond measure. Some of you today may think you don't have a whole lot, but if you've got Jesus Christ, you've got it all. Sometimes I wonder why God blesses us so much. A perfect Savior for imperfect people. And shoes on my feet. You he gives us everything we need and then much more. much for being here. I hope we